Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined by the Toms, Tom Terrace, Tom DeAngelis, Tom Fertile. Welcome, guys. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. Good, good to be to, here. Good to be here with you guys. Welcome back to all of our listeners who have been with us before. Uh, welcome for the first time to, to those who are listening for the first time, whether it's intentional or stumbled, you stumbled upon us, uh, we're, we're glad to, to have you. Uh, what Reflections from the Heart is, it's a gospel reflection. And we have gospel reflection groups going on throughout the diocese here and beyond. And this is just a, a radio version of it, where we look at the gospel for this coming Sunday and, and the four of us will share what the Holy Spirit is, you know, how the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And when you're Listening, do the same thing. Just ask, Lord, what are you saying to me through this gospel? And usually a word or a phrase will come up, and then uh, the Holy Spirit will kind of expand on that in your heart. So we're, uh, we're happy to have you with us. So before we read the gospel, Tom, if you could open us up with prayer, please. Absolutely. <clears throat> in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, as we continue our time in the desert, as we continue through this journey of Lent, as we sacrifice, as we give as we reflect, we just ask that each one of us, we may diminish within ourselves the things that are not of you and allow you to fill those spaces, allow you to increase within us, allow your grace, your mercy, your inspiration, your passion to fill us so that we may be your vessels of evangelization, that we may be your messengers, that we may bring joy and the message of hope and the message of salvation to all whom we encounter. And we ask all of this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tom. And Tom Terrace, we can read the gospel. Sure. Uh, this is uh, John chapter 2, verses 13 through 25. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen, and he spilled the coins and the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recall the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. 
But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. As you were reading that, Tom, the the very second to last line, when it says many people began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing, and I just put a, a bracket around the signs he was doing and changed it to the love that his followers displayed. And I was just thinking that that's really our call, that you know we've been touched by God. God touched us in a special way. We've given our, our yes to him, and hopefully we renew that yes each day. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to bring his love, his joy, his peace into the world, into, you know, into our conversations, into everything. Through that, our prayer is instead of talking about Jesus, if we're if we were called to be Jesus in the world, then maybe people will come to believe because of the love that we show them. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I think a lot of people, you know, we look for people say, "Give me, give me a sign." Oh, I want some evidence of God. And I think what you're saying, Rob, is true. I mean, look, he he gave us all kinds of signs. You know, he gave us each other. He gave us the actions of people. You know, the beauty of creation. All these things, they're all around us. It's just if you choose to recognize them or not. You know, how do I feel? How do I? How does God show me His love? Well, he he put friends, he put family, he put people there who look out for us. You know, and so all the more, as you're saying, you know, our job, um, our our uh, our call. I should say more than a job, of course, is to be his hands and feet and to be those messengers, to recognize our role, that that's our job, that through what we do, through what we say, and probably more than what we do than what we say, you know, are we reflecting back, you know, to the Father, are we are reflecting back to Jesus? We are uh, the disciples, we are the witnesses, and, and um, you know, what was the famous quote, I guess, from, was it, was it Gandhi who said that if, you know, if Christians mm. acted as they believe, the yeah. world would convert, you know, uh, you know, something like that, uh, but, but it's true, you know, we are, we're the first line of defense and um it's very 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 important for each one of us to, to be to reflecting on that especially during this time of lent you know where am i with my relationship and and how am i bringing that more importantly where how am i bringing that or not bringing that you know to the to the world with all with all whom i encounter yeah when when i was uh, many years ago when i was teaching religion i remember uh somebody brought up about this and it, it comes around every once in a while when people hear the the, uh, the the story about Jesus and the loaves and the fishes, and they say, well, you know, they could have just been that people had food with them, and then they ended up sharing it. And I said, and I, when I was teaching, I say, yeah, that's true. It could have been that, but you know, the Bible, the, the gospel is pretty clear that Jesus, you know, there, there was a, there was a scarcity of food. There wasn't enough food to feed everybody, and it ended up with a lot more than. And they started out with, and I said, but if you think about it, if if people did have food and they were keeping it for themselves and they were hiding it and they didn't want to share, I said, that's almost a bigger miracle. Exactly. Than, <laughs> Five thousand people sharing, yeah, right? Yeah, than, than the replication of the loaves and fishes. So to, to your uh, point, Rob, I think, and I think both of, both of you have, have brought this out, is that Jesus gave signs, but for us to live those signs out, the message of those signs is almost more of a miracle than, than curing somebody or raising someone from the dead or, you know, because we can do all those things. We just don't, because we don't care or because we're afraid or because we don't want to look f- foolish, we, we don't. But that message is more compelling. You know, if, if I were able to work miracles like Jesus did, you know, raise somebody from the dead, rep, you, know, do, you know, multiply loaves and fishes, do all these things, heal people when they were sick. 
I think that would be more unbelievable for people than if I did those things, if I ministered to people in love within my capabilities. Because that's almost harder to believe that somebody can live their life for other people completely and totally, and that we can grow in that. That's almost harder for me to believe. And and the big reason why is because I'm trying to do that. (laughs) This isn't easy. You know, it's almost a miracle of grace that we can even... You know, that I can carry that around in my head, let alone when I, every once in a while, when I'm able to actually live it in, in relation to other people. I mean, what do we spend most of our time thinking about? Who irritates us? What things aren't working out for us in our life? All this other stuff. We, you know, where's the forget ourselves, let's live for other people? You know, that's not our highest good. Then it's not something that we keep, you know, in the, in the forefront of our mind. But that's that's the miracle right there. That's more of a miracle than, because that's what the, the miracles that Jesus worked were for to get us to live like that so that they would believe you know, and, and yeah scripture says why so that they would believe yeah tom you have any any thoughts um yeah this uh gospel just uh kind of reminds me or sends out a message of where, asking like where your heart is because mm-hmm. jesus like very clearly sort of points to where these people's hearts were you know they're selling stuff they're trading they're bartering they're probably arguing with, with each other mm-hmm. trying to get a deal trying to do all things out of uh what is it avarice or greed or something and jesus clearly comes in and says this is a place of worship this is where my father is and he can points directly as, as to what they were thinking about and what they should have been thinking about in that space mm-hmm. you know not worrying about you know money and you know, trading goods and all this. So it's just a question for us, you know, like when we walk into God's house, what are we, you know, thinking about or doing in that space? You know, um, are we checking our text messages while we're sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament? Are we talking and gossiping, you know, in the vestibule area? You know, like this is like God's house, so we should have a like a respect for that and, and who's there. And it's not just a building, Tom. And it's right. It, it Jesus is there. Jesus yeah. is there. Yeah. Um, you know, the Eucharist changes everything. That when we walk in, you know, it's we're we're in the presence of our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And uh, that's a, that's a good check. That's a good check. Well, you know, the, yeah. the words, you know, I, I love it, zeal for your house, you know, and Tom, you mentioned avarice, right? So, you know, seven deadly sins and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, zeal sometimes gets a bad connotation, you know, zealous or a zealot, you know, but, but um, you know, we know the seven deadly sins, but every every one of the deadly sins has a corresponding virtue, which kind of combats it. Not to put on a religion teacher hat, Tom, and get in the <laughs> class, you know, so pride right, is right. combated by humility and, and lust is combated by chastity. Well, zeal is the virtue that combats uh, sloth, mm-hmm. you know, and so again, right. when we think of sloth, you think, oh, someone's lazy to lay on the couch. Well, no, it, sloth really, I mean, it could be physical, but it, but really it's, I think what we've combat is spiritual sloth. You know, I don't need to pray. And Tom, the things you mentioned about, you know, what's my attitude going into church or being in there? I'm, you know, am I embracing it? Am I recognizing God's house? Am I recognizing the Eucharist? Am I am I there to to do, you know, so to speak, spiritual work? I mean, because, you know, prayer is work and, and relationship with God takes some effort or am I just going through the motions? That's right. sloth, you know, and, and sloth is combat added by zeal 
am I zeal, passion? You know, am I am I serious about my faith? You know, on Sunday at mass, and then on you know on Monday morning in the office. You know, how does again go back to that mm. theme? How do I act this out? Um, do, do do people see me and have and 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 want to know why are you so joyful? Why are you so peaceful? Why are you so you know and want to know you know that that why you're acting the way you are and why are you the kind of person that you are? Well, it should be because we have zeal, we have passion, we have we have confidence in in salvation. We, we're you know we're 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 doing what we can in, in this world, knowing that we're just passing through uh, to something greater. I mean, we we saw one of the greatest witnesses just recently with the death of uh, Billy Graham. I mean, you can't a man who who from every mountaintop, every everywhere he was, you know, you knew that you were in the presence of someone who was a follower of Jesus Christ and 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 preached to everyone he encountered. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of zeal. That's not reserved for just you know a few people or some of the the chosen people. We're all chosen. We're all commissioned to go forth and do that. To be passionate uh, and to be zealous. You know, zealous. Being zealous is not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it's what we're supposed to do. That's. It- it's one of the. It's also one of those things where you know when you're, when you're you get into a dry spot and you're you know you you, you do feel like prayer is a chore or something like that, is where zeal comes along and sure we have a natural tendency over time to get tired of the things that we do over and over again, so zeal and a lot of people will go well I'm just not feeling it anymore you know and they, and they they allow the evil one to kind of get in there and say well maybe if you take off for a while you know or you or maybe it's not for you maybe that type of prayer you know I, I committed to saying the rosary a couple times a week or you know or I'm, or I'm trying to do it every day and then it gets to be where it's a chore and then but people don't understand bringing zeal in is really what counteracts that because the idea is over time for the zeal to kind of overshadow the drudgery of the thing and for it to become a real joy in what we do you know, the funny thing is I see a definite corollary between that and what sports psychologists tell athletes. When somebody gets to the point where they're practicing and it gets to be a drudge, they say, well, focus on the thing that you want to accomplish. You know, you're never going to be a great athlete if if the work for you is as a chore. So how do you make it something that you become energetic about? Well, first you use your conscious mind to kind of convince yourself. And then over time, it convinces the rest of your, you know, your subconscious mind or whatever that this is a good thing and then you keep going because you focus on the end result well why is it okay in sports psychology but we don't we don't preach that but it is and that's one of those virtues zeal that's just been lost or people ah, that's for fanatics or for holy royal you know, people it's not for me I'm not I'm not going to be a zealous person <laughs> but really zeal is that is that bringing your that part of yourself to it that says yeah I really want to do this and, and I really want to grow closer to Christ I really want to be you know with God at the end of this thing that's my goal so I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to kind of bring myself back myself into a corner of telling myself that I enjoy it and then over time it convinces the rest of me because that part of me that's not convinced but we you know you'll hear that all the time in sports psychology but in religion somehow or another it's oppressive but in sports psychology it's the pathway to success you know if i want to lose weight right if i want to be healthy same, same thing i yep. got to get out and hit the gym or i got to get out and walk and there's times when you go i don't mm-hmm. last thing i want to do is get on the treadmill but all the again all the psychologists say put your sneakers on take the first step yeah. then go downstairs and eventually when you get out then you, so you're exactly yeah. right tom and in the spiritual life oh no you know i don't feel like going so i'm not going to go 
go through, even if it's going through the motions to start. Kids in class used to say, should I go to mass on Sunday if I really don't know where I'm at? I say, well, I know this. If you don't go, you've got no chance of growth or development. Okay? But if you do go, you know, you may hate going to the gym, but if you walk in the gym, you're going to get some work done. You know, even if yeah. you're fighting it the whole way, you've got to put yourself there for success. So in that prayer, that rosary, that time in scripture, you know, oh, I don't know where I feel get in there and you'll get the benefit. And like you right. said, you develop that that psychology. And I love that, Tom. Think about the end. Think about yeah. the goal, you know, and, and the goal then gets you through those difficult spots. Yeah, yeah it's and great. I think of one like tip that I could offer is like to create rituals in your life. You know, say like every day for five minutes, I'm, I'm going to take this time, whatever time it is, 6.30 in the morning when it's quiet, and I'm just going to say three Our Fathers and three Hail Marys, but do it every day. Make it a ritual. And you will find, because I've done this myself, you will find that you will look forward to that time. Mm. You know, it won't be drudgery. You'll you'll say, I want to get to my little space (laughs) for that, those 10 minutes and do these little prayers. You'll actually look forward to it, but it's creating rituals. And we could do that in any kind of thing that we're doing, sports, or if we want to be an artist, a writer, I've got nothing to say, but you sit down and start writing. But if you do that every day, the muse, as they say, will come, you know? Hmm. we're, We're built, we're not, we're not made to be going, 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 doing, doing. We're not made for that. We're, we're made to connect with our God. And that, that, that habit of breaking away into silence in a quiet corner and just hanging out with God is beautiful because on the way out, you usually feel, get, feel pretty good. You know, just like yeah. the gym, you know, on the way sure. out of the gym, don't you feel good? <laughs> right, right. Oh man, I'm feeling a little pumped up now, right? So if you do that regularly, you'll re- that that'll that will be what that's going to be the thing you remember. How you right. felt on the way out of of it. So, Tom, your your advice is beautiful. That if we develop these habits, these good habits, these rituals, it becomes the rhythm of our life, and then our memory is going to be locked in on how we felt afterwards. So then we'll remember that even if we don't feel like getting up out of bed and having that quiet time. That's yeah. that's good. And Tom, uh, you were talking about feelings, and I think both Tom and Tom, uh, <laughs> Tom F, Tom D, uh, I think that's a conversation we have to have. I think feelings and, and having the feelings determine how we engage in our faith is so prevalent right now. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. we go to, you, the, you know, three out of the four of us are in schools a lot, and Tom, Terrace, I'm sure, you uh, you encounter it as well in, in visiting parishes that people make their decisions based on their feelings, and it's not that's not love. Love is a decision, right? Love is 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 doing what you know is a yeah. loving thing to do, and then if God wills it, maybe give you a consolation. But he may you know he may not yeah. will that for you, right? So I think that conversation about feelings and and breaking through feelings and deciding to do the loving things interrupting our day to stop by a chapel where Jesus is alone waiting for somebody to visit him mm-hmm. that's a loving thing to do that's a loving action right so we do the loving actions right. because we love our lord yeah yeah well I, you know too you know you bring up that the the tyranny of, of feelings that starts to happen over a period of time if you don't bring the other aspects of your life into it, and I think I just ran across in an email uh, and actually it was a it was a promotional email to get um, p- 
people involved in a, a Catholic distance learning. And it basically said, you know, and it quoted, I think it might have quoted Aquinas or somebody. Said, but basically, the gist of the message was the further you get in your faith, the more it has to become not just uh, an, an experience of feeling, but also has to be an intellectual commitment. In other words, you have to bring our mind and our heart. Mm. But the further you go with your heart, the further you need to go with your mind. Mm. So you need to study so those stay in balance and so that you have the ability to be able to communicate with other people. And as you get further in it, you become more, not just more committed, but also more articulate. And uh, and I re- it really made me think because our, a lot of people's perception of the faith is that it really is that emotional piece of it. And, you know, I grow closer to Christ. It's like me and Jesus and hugging, you know. But there's there's a content to his message. There's a, there's a discipline. There's a practice. There's some things we're supposed to be doing. And if we're going to grow, just like when you, you know, we're, we're married, you know, we know what's going, what's going on with relationships. And you've got kids. Over time, if that relationship doesn't grow, you have to intellectually enter into it too. You have to bring your mind. You have to remember. You've got to, you know, think ahead. You've got to plan. You, there's things you have to do to keep a relationship healthy as it grows. And I think that's the biggest thing about our faith is a lot of people look at it as a primarily an emotional exercise. It makes me feel good. I go to mass on Sunday. Where's the where's the balance in you know, are you understanding your faith? Are you coming to understand that Jesus wants your mind as well as your heart? You know, he wants he wants your thoughts. He wants you to be focused on you know, if your heart wants to serve people, well how are you gonna do that? You know, what's the best way to do that? You learn, you grow, you get smarter. And again, keep going with our analogy. You know, you know, if you wanted to get in shape physically, right, or to lose weight, or you know, or both, ideally, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's exercise, but there's nutrition, there's Sleep. recovery and rest. I mean, there's, yeah. A, yeah. you know, oh, there's, yeah. there's all these, and, and every anything in life, you know, there, it's all multifaceted, and we understand that. But somehow, when it comes to faith, oh, well, it's just you know how I feel. Yeah. No, there's there, there, there's work to do. Mind, body, soul. I mean, it's it's right. all of that. So, yeah. and again, in this day and age, the the, the the depth of what's out there, especially for the intellectual side, Tom, um, and not just deeply intellectual, theological, mm-hmm. but there's there's simple readings, there's complex readings, but books and the videos and the websites. I mean, there's no, mm-hmm. you know, maybe when we were in kids, you know, there was, you know, I had one book, the Catechism, which was still good, you know, yeah, yeah. but there's so much out there now, you know, yeah. um, easy reading, uh, in, uh, uplifting reading, challenging. Reading. There's there's right. there's no excuse anymore for the right. for the average Catholic. Oh, I really don't know. You know no, no, you've you've, you've got to cultivate the mind to go along with the spirit and it's it's there right. it's everywhere yeah we got everything from aquinas and and john paul ii theology of the body and his encyclicals to, to matthew kelly and i'm not saying that to, uh, to contrast his stuff is deep and profound but so many people love it because it's so straightforward and yeah. so simple and mm-hmm. so direct so wherever you are on the intellectual spectrum whether you like deep philosophy or whether you like just get, you know give me the bottom line on this stuff there's there's somebody out there that's that's doing it yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And there's more of it around now than there ever was, sure. really. And if you look at you look at the craziest football fans, right? The the, the fans that just <laughs> yeah. you know put the makeup on and suit up and get down there, you know, ten and hours. Yes, we're in Eagles land down here, yeah. so in case <laughs> you're all wondering out there, ten hours <laughs> before the game, and we hear that and we see that and we celebrate that. We're like, wow, look at that guy. I mean, he's so you know he's so on fire for his team, and, yeah. and there's no. Like argument, there's no pushback, there's nothing, right? So I, I truly believe we're we're made for zeal. Yeah, we're made to be zealous about something. You know, you just look at the you know the screaming fans at a concert or at a at a ball game. We're made 
to be zealous right. about something, right? Yeah. And God, you know, wants you know that that because we're never going to fill that hole, no matter how many football games we go to or concerts we go to. So we're made to be zealous for God, and along mm-hmm. the way, we, you know, we we spend our zeal on the things that the world is going to say you need to be zealous about, and that everybody's going to agree with you and and commend you for your zeal. But the moment, I think Tom Furl, I think you said, you know, the world's not going to understand. Like, they're, we're going to get pushback if we if we step out a little bit in in zeal mm-hmm. for our faith. Yeah. Uh, take it easy, big guy. Right? I mean, you're, you're, we're going to get pushback. We're going to yeah. get pushback. So, um, you know, it's just it is what it is. So, I think we just need to be prepared for that. You know, people mm-hmm. aren't going to understand that you're taking this quiet time every morning. They're not going to understand if you go to a couple extra masses a week. They're not going to understand if you pray the rosary or if you, you know, decide not to watch certain TV shows because they don't honor God by the way they degrade families and and parental roles. You know, it's there's going to be there's going to be a lot of pushback. So that's why Tom Terrace, your advice is so critical that to be with the Father, to, to commune with Him, to get with Him, especially when we start our day, for Him to fuel us and. And, and prepare us is, is critical. And when you see that Eagles fan, or any fan, but you see that <laughs> Eagles fan with what they're wearing and what they have in their house and how they know the statistics and how they know the players and how they talk about it and become an apologist, you know, so to mm-hmm. speak, for the team, are we equally as convicted in our faith? Think about that. You know, you would, ne- you would no one ever doubt, oh, that's definitely an Eagles fan. Well, do, do our lives reflect such a way of living where people go, oh, that's a Christian? Yeah. You know, because I think I think Christ said something about you know they'll know you're my my mm-hmm. uh, you know my followers by your love for one another. Can we be convicted? Are we are we equally as convincing to others about our zeal for our faith as the fan is for the sports team? Mm-hmm. Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Around here, you see a lot of Eagles flags out, and then when the Steelers were hot, you sure. saw the Steelers <laughs> flags out. But I never see any papal flags, or I never see any <laughs> <laughs> any. I don't see any right. flags out there with a cross on or crucifix or something. You know, uh, any religious symbols on them. But uh, you know, yeah. we have them in our homes. You know, a lot of us. But but that's you know, where's the external expression? Where's the zeal? You know, right. And and not for show, but just as that reminder right. and as right. that witness that right. that's this is who it's I am. A witness. Yeah. yeah. I just heard a really cool story of, of, of a priest who. Uh, Prior to becoming a priest, you know, wasn't following his faith, and he was, you know, Ash Wednesday, he was eating a big juicy hamburger, and as this family walks by with their ashes on their heads, and they walk right by the burger joint, and he sees that, and he's like, "Wow, man, this is Ash Wednesday. Where, where have I gone?" And, and that that was his so that outward yeah. sign, right? You know, that one day that we have those crosses on our foreheads, look at look what can happen. So, like you're saying, not that we do it for show. But we're just we love Jesus so much, and it's you know it's a little holy reminder that might just bring somebody back. You know, where you're talking about using the intellect that right. we can spur something yeah. in, in their thought and in their memory about uh, about their zeal. So, uh, just I want to close on on something with Billy Graham. People didn't say they're not saying oh, what a good guy he is. Yeah. He was an on fire evangelist for Jesus yeah. Christ. There was no doubt about it. So when the people are covering his life and his story, Jesus Christ is the center. So right. Jesus is getting the glory because of his life. So for us, too, let's pray that we can live our lives, that God gets all the glory and souls are brought back to him. Have a great day and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you. 
Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.